Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is the show where we talk about TV shows with our friends. That's right. It's Shows with Friends. Featuring me, Steve. And me, Eli. Eli, who is my friend. So today's show was chosen by Eli, and it is Dark Matter, uh, a sci-fi original. And I had never seen it before, never really heard about it. I was able to watch it on Netflix. I hope everyone at home also watched on Netflix because we are going to talk about the pilot. Eli, take it away. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, friends listening. Dark Matter was originally released in 2015, so fairly recent, but not in the last couple years. And it's a Canadian-produced sci-fi original. And I found it uh, probably a little bit after release. It ran for a couple of years, a couple of seasons. And I found it to be just a very um, fun, almost... Um, not quite comedic, but a very fun take on a lot of sci-fi tropes and just the genre in general. And without, you know, going too far ahead of ourselves, in this pilot, we're introduced to a cast of characters, and there's a lot of diversity in the age and uh, gender representation, race. So it's a very uh, it's a very fun world that we're dropped into in this pilot. And as someone who loves sci-fi, I was interested, Steve, uh, to get some of your first impressions on Dark Matter, what to me is a very fun show and does have some great things going for it and also appeals to potentially a broader audience than uh, some of our other shows, but who knows? So Steve, I was wondering what your first impressions and any uh, anything that really stuck with you as far as the characters, the scenes, the writing of this uh, pilot of Dark Matter. Yeah, it was interesting and interesting for us to cover a new genre, sci-fi, and here on Shows with Friends. So I think if you've, if anyone listening has been sort of following along to the podcast, you know that I like period pieces. I like sort of more costume things. And I do like sci-fi. I do like the genre. And I might be a little more particular about my taste within sci-fi. I found this pilot to be intriguing. I really liked... So for things that sort of stuck out to me, the opening shot sequence, the the opening sort of panning through the ship, 
with sort of off kilter with the lights leading right up to sort of one of the sleeping passengers, the first one to awaken. I, I found that sequence to be really great and really hearkening back to sci- a sci-fi genre of old. I just, there was something really cool about the colors and just sort of immediately I was just like, okay, cool. This is, this is like pure cinema sci-fi. We're getting like just a kind of mm. like original sci-fi. I think they call it opera, right? Isn't, isn't that how they describe this show? And I liked that. And I found then as they're sort of certain that initial sequence when they're searching through the ship and discovering the different rooms and remembering different things and places, almost like body sense memory. Um, I found that to be a kind of interesting part of this pilot to explore. And I thought some of the camera work was cool. It never quite captured that initial intro rolling, like the stylization of the opening of the pilot was, I felt never kind of matched from a stylistic standpoint. They had to kind of center it around the characters and it got very actiony and very kind of intense um, at times. And yeah, overall, my impression was kind of like interesting, intrigued. I wasn't really captured by a lot of the performances. It was a lot of kind of this sort of deer in a headlight, what's going on. And that was obvious part of the story that everyone's memories were like wiped they had no idea what was going on but i i had a hard time engaging with some of this cast just and i don't know why there just wasn't enough sort of interesting to me about them and then um but i did i did like the martial arts guy a lot and i liked that whole sequence when they found his room and then when he found and it's interesting because he said the least, right? In the whole pilot. Yeah. And he was like the most intriguing to me. Um, the doctor girl who is almost kind of a side character to everybody else. I also liked her. The captain. I thought she was, you know, pretty strong. And like you're saying, like the sort of fun tone, the banter, there's the guy who's seems to be sort of a standard sci-fi archetype that kind of alpha macho guy who with the guns is always shows up in these sci-fi stories yeah and he's always uh you know just an idiot in other ways right he's like the yeah. the bumbling you know uh alpha male but yeah it's funny um how we get archetypes and a taste of certain characters and there's intrigue um you know i of course won't spoil anything. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, both valid observation and, um, and point to take away. And also, um, as I think the story goes on, um, you know, you may or may not feel, uh, that's warranted, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, there's certainly, a lot going on, right? And since they don't really even remember who they are, there's uh, a ton more than meets the eye in this first uh, first episode. Yeah, it was, you know, we are talking about this pilot, so there is kind of a gotcha moment at the end, a sort of reveal. Yeah. And for me, 
it didn't like compute like like I didn't necessarily I'm not buying that if that's what their backstory is like it just was sort of out of left I think it was meant to be out of left field you're left to be with being like what were the bad guys and that was like a big uh, a big reveal there but it I had the impression that wasn't the story, really. It just didn't, wasn't like, oh, yeah, of course, they're the bad guys. I mean, it sort of made sense, but it also, like, didn't. But I will say that the this show really, it knows what it is, and it really used all the sci-fi archetypes that you're talking about. So in a world of sci-fi, space piracy, and spaceships, you know what I mean? There is, like... There is this sort of, um, what was it in uh, Star Wars, you know, the Millennium Falcon, the sort of bootleggers, bounty hunters, that hive of scum and villainy. Like, it's sort of that sort of world that Mm -hmm. they're running in. So maybe whatever government deems them killers and all these things, maybe that's not actually the real story. Maybe they, they just take care of themselves and they've been labeled that you know, by whatever entity can't be trusted essentially in this story. Yeah. And we don't know. Right. And that's one thing that, um, I think it's somewhat intentional and, um, you know, maybe even totally intentional. Um, I just don't want (laughs) to, don't want to spoil anything, but I think it's, uh, it's great. And, uh, I think we'll, yeah, think back on some of these impressions uh, after we watch two and three. and But yeah, there's a lot of potential questions from uh, both like the story standpoint to like, um, do I actually, can I get there like with them and do I believe this? And one thing I think the pilot does... Uh, a good job of whether intentional or not is raising a lot of questions, right? Without a lot of answers. And that final reveal, um, I think it's, it's meant to be juxtaposed to what we've seen and experienced so far. Um, absolutely. And so, yeah, I think it's everything that you're, you know, feeling and raising and, uh, observing is, is uh, astute and we'll just have to keep watching to see as it progresses and evolves um, you know if you feel differently or sort of still um, you know have some of these feelings going forward sure yeah I was definitely intrigued by the home planet that they went to and the those people there and that dilemma they're in around there's this capitalistic government controlled there's this capitalistic entity that's just going to come and take their world for the resources and like that i don't have a lot of uh experience watching the sci-fi network so this was this is actually kind of a cool introduction to that my experience with sci-fi is really more the classic ones and sort of um was it Solaris men alone in the, the spaceship and, and, and I, and I definitely dig this sort of lives more in that sort of Star Trek genre, that 
there's things going on, there's a ship, there's action. And, and I feel like for me, it's, this was, this pilot was a cool intro back into this world. And also what, what is the contemporary sci-fi work that's been going on that people are into right now? And, and, and I get it. Like it's, it's definitely intriguing and they just put six characters in a ship and you don't know who they are. You don't know what's going on. They're fighting each other. They have all these skills. Like it's very, uh, it's, it's very niche and, and cool. And, and so I get the, I get the popularity for sure. And it's, and it's a really cool introduction to what, I guess, I don't know if you call it mainstream sci-fi, but the, that more current sci-fi genre that sure people enjoy. Yeah. Well, we're not experts on sci-fi, that's no. for sure. So uh, we're not sure uh, if there's a sub-genre or label this would fall into. Um, however, it's certainly in the mold of, um, I'd say, you know, Battlestar Galactica and um, more, yeah, network mainstream uh, shows that are still built off of uh, classic sort of lexicon and um, the, as you were saying, you know, the, from the opening sequence, uh, you know, any of us who, who grew up watching or who have grown up since watching uh, Star Wars are pretty quickly, you know, able to get into that world, right? Like you were saying, sort of starting from the exterior of the spaceship and then uh, going in, you're like, all right, I, I understand what's going on. <laughs> right. And yeah. And that, that rebel versus empire. Exactly. Sort of yeah, exactly. It's very universal and David versus Goliath kind of right on an intergalactical yeah. level. And I think if you, you know, looking at the pilot as uh, a standalone piece and uh, introduction, when you get that final moment and reveal, and of course it's, not an instant reveal, it's a lengthy reveal where it details, uh, you know, all five of the adults' uh, supposed criminalities. As we go through that, you know, on the heels of what we've seen and understood so far, um, a lot of questions are raised. And, you know, one of the ones I certainly thought when I first watched it and rewatching it, um, is who is the girl? <laughs> right. And as right. you said, she's one of the more kind of intriguing characters and has sort of almost more interesting things. She's finding out and learning in this pilot than the others, right? She's having dreams, but they're not her dreams. Yeah. That's another archetype, right? Like the psychic or mystic, the channel, the whatever it is, right? And she's also the, you know, circuit whiz, like she's got some sort of computer circuit wizardry, wizardry. And yeah, why is she on that shit? You know, there's a lot of questions that are just simply raised in those final moments without being answered, right? And we've talked about before, uh, and even in the last series, that sort of like, you know, hook, misdirect, whatever it is at the end of the pilot to kind of keep you even more um, interested in watching and, 
in the era of streamers and binge watching, would have been really easy to just go straight into two uh, as Netflix tried to autoplay it. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, but yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, <laughs> we do have to kind of look at this as where it does end and where it leaves us. Yeah, and we didn't even bring up, perhaps I failed to bring up, the cyborg character who's, also, who's, who's very interesting as well and has an incredible introduction. Really does. And, and then role in this piece as essentially this other entity on the ship or part of the ship. And, and the yeah. work, for me, the captain's character sort of took off a bit in relating to the, in, in the scenes with the cyborg where it was like, no, show me. That was kind of repeated over and over again, just this notion of like, uh-uh, like we're going to have a human, I'm going to be in charge here and I'm going to know exactly what you're doing because I don't yeah. 100% trust that. Until so they the, needed rapid defenses and exactly like, just and maneuvers. And, <laughs> and that was a funny go. moment, like robot, you know, android uh, humor, um, android human humor. Mm-hmm. There's just like, there's... Should I... <laughs> Should I show you? Right, <laughs> that was a funny line. There's some funny stuff where they're already just like really leaning into um, these tropes and uh, very established genre aspects that uh, are humorous, uh, from like you know the archaic sort of C-3PO and R2D2 of Star War- the original Star Wars movies to this highly you know human-like. Um, cyborg that is a robot, but is, yeah, Terminator ass. Right, vibe. exactly. And I thought it yeah. was. A, I thought it was cool for the show structurally to have that. We talked about David versus Goliath, sort of rebel imperial storyline, and then also have this AI storyline that is more modern sci-fi. You know, so it was, so it was cool. Like I, I, I like that she's in the mix and just adds to us not knowing <laughs> sort of what what's going to what's going to transpire it's good that she's her tool or resource now right as opposed to that opening sequence of the pilot <laughs> very very uh cool character and cool device and that to me uh one of the cooler sci-fi films that i've seen over the past few years was interstellar did you see that yeah they had a, a robot in that which I thought was kind of fun um, that Matthew McConaughey interacted with. So I like, I do really like th- this concept and I'm glad you brought up R2-D2 and C-3PO because it's just evolved in film and television over the years. And I felt like this Dark Matters AI or Cyborg was very original, unique, cool, interesting. I would almost keep, she to me, you know, I would almost keep, be interested in this next episode or interested in watching this series because they did such a good job with making that such an original cyborg or original robot character or whatever. Yeah. And I think the, the cool thing about a piece like this is to look at aspects like this, where they are using, you know, a common um, trope or a common archetype that is this, companion you know somehow assists robotic um yeah it's almost like more of a a companion in the early representations than you think of c-3po and r2d2 they of course had some uses and things they could do as droids that were useful but 
character wise, they were like buddies. Uh, they were sort of <laughs> Shaggy the dog, uh, or Scooby Doo and Shaggy rather. <laughs> Shaggy's the uh, man, but um, they're like part of the gang, right? right? And this one is fun and also I think cool to look at uh, both as a character and as a performance. Um, and so I think the the actress uh, who plays the cyborg is uh, so good in this role as well and um, seems like we'll continue to be uh, a part of this story for the foreseeable future. But yeah, the, the um, different just characters and archetypes and the way the um, performers kind of lean into those I think is great. Um, though... I don't know which uh, sort of subgenre of sci-fi is known for incredible acting because <laughs> I don't know that that's usually at the top of the list for everyone, right? It's uh, sure. potentially, and you know, we're not experts, so not to offend anyone, but potentially there are um, you know casting choices um, motivated by sort of looks and ability to embody perform, um, you know, whether it be action or cyborg or um, the sort of weird girl that happens to be on the ship. Um, they do a great job of casting for these archetypes. And uh, most of these characters I've seen um, elsewhere. And a few of them definitely like on other TV shows in the in the Netflix and streaming realm. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's fun to see what they do with creating this, you know, story and this place where all of a sudden six people wake up on a ship, no idea who they are and almost get killed by their own cyborg. And then all of a sudden are faced with a huge moral dilemma and choice and if we think about that in the context of that final reveal uh what are they going to do now uh after this pilot you know heading into episode two uh, yeah after getting attacked randomly and you never know who attacked them or what is going on with being attacked in the middle of space by some random ship they just run away and they get to where they're going yeah it is important to point out i'm glad you pointed out we're not we are not experts we're not TV and film critics were just friends that watch TV shows together. I was curious because I watched this on Netflix who made where it originally aired because I saw it wasn't a Netflix original. So I wanted to know. So I looked that up yeah. and it said the sci-fi network. I saw the Canadian company and the little description from Wikipedia just said space opera, which, you know, I'd kind of brought up earlier, but I, I quite like that. Like, I feel like that is, just a cool a cool genre a cool way to describe like a sci-fi show like this you know that just a space opera i just thought i found that to be kind of really mm. right on yeah um and you talk about like soap operas and you know like that as like a genre of television this is a space opera and it's just sort of yeah it's these characters in space and you know soap operas aren't known for having the best acting performances in the world either, or, or <laughs> most sort of intriguing, interesting things. So this is taking that. And I agree. They did nail the archetypes, the actors for the archetypes 
and it was important for them to be different, to be their own thing in this, the structure of this story. And, you know, they make a lot of stuff in Canada and the way it kind of works, as far as I know, is a lot of these productions can only have Canadian actors in them. Mm. Um, that's part of their union or their the way they do production up there. And uh, so you find some of these shows that we see in America, they're completely Canadian, you know, so we don't necessarily recognize, we either recognize the actors from other Canadian made shows or we don't recognize them at all, but it is in and of itself, its own style of TV that, you know, kind of should just be highlighted that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of great stuff that, you know, comes through uh, Canada and then surfaces in the U.S., just like uh, the U.K. and a number of the shows yeah, we've watched. Especially the comedy. A lot of great Canadian comedy. comedy. And I've, uh, you know, I could name a bunch that I've watched uh, on streaming sites. So there's lots to check out in that realm. And this actually, I think, is uh, is definitely more just firmly in whatever, you know, modern, mainstream um, sci-fi tv so uh to me i think it's cool to see that it's you know canadian produced and does have that influence but wasn't uh wasn't you know hugely um apparent uh on first watch either so it really just yeah. lives in that kind of universal um sci-fi space and i think it's really cool that um a show like this you know who knows if it got canceled on sci-fi exactly, we didn't look, you know, we're not experts. We didn't look too deeply into it, but it can now have an extended life. The seasons they, uh, they did right and complete. And, uh, for us now it's seven years after initial release. And here we are, you know, watching it, uh, enjoying learning, um, stuff about, you know, sort of where, where this space is at and a current take on the genre. And there's a lot of great TV shows in the sci-fi space um, from huge ones like I mentioned, Battlestar Galactica, to cult classics. Um, you know, there was the Firefly, um, the whole Joss Whedon um, Firefly movie and TV um, yeah, I saw the movie of that and just parts of the TV show. I know there's some correlation to the film being kind of a more broken down version of the TV show or the TV show being kind of more extended miniseries version of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that that there draws a lot of similarities, right? Especially with that archetype of the sort of alpha male guy. The weird psychic girl like there's the, the it made me think quite a bit about firefly when i was mm -hmm. yeah when i was watching it. and one of the things i like about dark matter is they while i think <laughs> there's some fun stuff with you know even Battlestar has uh similar to firefly and that whole series there's some quirks and interesting like little details to it and um, that one centers around Westerns, like Western American movies and culture. 
and the Battlestar Galactica does. Um, well, Battlestar Galactica no has its own quirks, but um, the Firefly movie and subsequent oh yeah you're corresponding right. yep. TV series Absolutely. which has a different name, but you know not to digress too far into others, but in that there's like this weird Western thing that's been adopted into this future space culture, and there's always a little something about these little parts of world culture that have been adopted into the sci-fi world or have sort of been like carried through, but it's only specific one. I think in um, Battlestar, it's actually uh, parts of an Asian culture that are adopted. In any event, it's always seemed a little like weird and gimmicky and especially the Western. I know it was thing. super popular. I never saw Battlestar, but I know it was super duper popular. Super popular. But I re- do remember watching the Firefly movie, that space Western, that sort of right. that and it's like thing happening. Cool and gun in the holster. And the right. Quick draw. Cool, fun, but like, why would that? Like, it's somehow seems a little gimmicky and especially now that it's 2022 and we're living in the time that you know some of the early sci-fi was even set back to the future (laughs) etc so (laughs) i think that it's fun to see a show that uh does sort of borrow from the canon and plays on archetypes and even tropes and has this whatever you know space opera this little like this is also a fun TV show aspect of it, right? And there's even the like hint of sexual tension and, you know, the um, captain woman is uh, often shown in uh, light that is, you know, slightly sexualized. So it's interesting and it's got a lot of, uh, you know, tropes that introduce us to this world, but it's not, in my mind, over the top or jumping the shark at all, right? It's still like, okay, like we're learning a little bit about this world. We don't know everything, but yeah, this is a sci-fi world I can get behind and believe in this first 40 minute, you know, or so pilot. Yeah, you can't argue with that, the execution of of this sci-fi story and, and pilot and show and the attention to detail that they put in, you know, absolutely. Like I feel like from a production design standpoint and, you know, a a writing and, you know, just straight up production standpoint, they, they really did a good job. They were very thoughtful. They crafted a cool, a cool story. And it was a great ride. It kind of gave you everything you needed. And, (laughs) And it had those, you know, when you watch it on Netflix, it has those like commercial breaks, right? So that right. that means it works in kind of like a five act structure. So it, it kind of gives you a little arc right before that commercial break and it builds to that overall bigger arc and reveal, you know, at the end of this. Yeah. But then when you watch when they make shows to watch on TV with commercials, they're trying to keep you they're watching through the commercials, right? So sure. you stay through the commercial break and watch the next part. And uh, this, so the show is is very uh, get you get you interested, keeping you keep throwing throwing things at you to keep you engaged. So I I like it's very much a like grab a bowl of popcorn, let's go to outer space. Totally. <laughs> show like I. Uh, I can understand why you're just like, oh, I like this. No <laughs> thrill, you know. No, 
it's not 2001 a space odyssey you don't have to you're not trying to write a book in your mind or even interstellar in that mind it's like it's you know it's just very easy to consume yeah in this in this genre and just takes you to another world which is what we like to do when we watch tv sometimes right just let's just have a little escape yes have a little break from our reality just take a breather yep and go go somewhere else that's why i like those gentleman jack shows and those shows that just take you to another place but this this does the same thing and it does it in its own style in its own way that i can't say isn't fun you know right and they yeah and it sometimes i like when we talk when i talk about shows with my friends we talk about like a good kind of cheesy Mm -hmm. like the good cheese (laughs) like when something is a little cheesy but it's good you like it you're kind of like oh this is cheesy but like this is the good cheese oh yeah yeah (laughs) no this absolutely i think you know is really leaning into that sort of edge of like is this you know serious drama or a soap opera a space opera as we've dubbed it in this episode so i think they really know what they're doing and towing that line and um it's, you know, it originally was released this first episode in 2015. Um, so pr- being produced leading up to that. And you think about how much has changed in the world since then. Um, so it'll be fun to see as it progresses, if there's anything we sort of notice uh, reflected in that, that it's much more of that time than where we are now, eight years later. And one thing I do love about it is, despite, or maybe not even despite, but because of everything we've already talked about, I feel like it really is self-conscious enough, too, that it doesn't get too cheesy, doesn't get too out there, too weird. It doesn't get too over the top, doesn't get too offensive. It's it's really leaning into archetypes, and yet it's not in my mind, and you know, we'll see what you think after the next two episodes. In my mind, it's not uh, going you know, over the top or jumping the shark uh, in mm. any way yet, and uh, hopefully not through these next couple episodes as we see what happens with the gang now that uh, this you know, huge reveal was sort of dropped upon them and... Uh, yeah, so at the end of the pilot, as we've talked about, there's this huge reveal, and yet um, there's no indication that this knowledge, you know, makes them remember, right? No. Um, so no, what no, happens news, now? Certainly news to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what happens now, and what happens? Uh, I mean, it just poses a great question, and you know, and they made the decision to help this group by giving them half their guns to protect them from essentially themselves. themselves. So what happens there? Do they help them? And and then um, if they're not coming, you know, who is right instead and, right. and or um, given this introduction to uh, an almighty, you know, sort of imperial space force uh, type care, you know, well, not yeah, there's character, plenty of questions. Force. What, what happened to their ship? Who wiped the information? What's behind that gigantic door that the guy couldn't open and blasted and 
the psychic girl talked about how scary it was and like it's there's a lot yeah there's definitely a lot of questions a lot they they set a good they set the table for some intriguing sci-fi plot lines here with dark matter so definitely gonna watch episode two and three yes indeed and come back and talk about it with you yeah in our next episode yeah i'm excited to see uh, as the journey evolves and we get, you know, more, more story, more info, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where your mind goes and uh, and what you notice and uh, what we both want to talk about with episodes two and three of Dark Matter. All right, great. So hey, everyone at home, please join us. You can find it on Netflix. Join us next time. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.